Welcome back to The, the Mentors. Mentors. This is Vadim. And Sergey, and we're reunited. Reunited, and it feels so good. Is that the song? I don't know. <laughs> but we are. We are uh, again in the same city. I was away in Washington, D.C., visiting one of my besties. and uh, I cried. He did. I cried. He didn't. My dog, Pumpkin, cried. I cried for Pumpkin, actually. I miss her every day, and I'm looking forward to seeing her, hopefully by tomorrow. It's so funny how excited she gets when you come to visit me, because I don't know if, if, if she thinks you're just a second, like a clone of me, and she gets double the fun, or if you're like a whole different individual for her. I have house-set her a few times. I think we've developed a special bond. Uh, I am her pup uncle. It's true. Be jealous if you're listening. She's the cutest puppy she's not actually really a puppy but she's as small as one uh in the wild truth be told she she's a little uh puppy slut she she she, okay. she loves everyone and she will give kisses to anyone but you know what but Pum- no she loves me more pumpkin is actually a, an amazing stress reliever because whenever i look at her when i get home from work i cannot think about anything except how cute she is which leads me to the topic that we want to talk about today we're going to talk about how to handle work-related stress. Now, there's a lot of stress in life, we know. Sometimes it comes from work, relationships, uh, health, who knows? That's a big topic to handle, but a lot of what we've been hearing about lately is either entrepreneurs or people that work for themselves or even people that have full-time gigs and might have some side gigs or even just within that one full-time job, they're just feeling stressed. I don't know if it's something that's unique to our generation or just the times that we're living in or if it's something that's always been a part of us obviously stress has always been but it seems like it's a little bit more accentuated nowadays there just seems like there's a lot going on and i hear it from my students i hear it from the entrepreneurs i advise i'm sure you do sergey as well hell i feel it in my own life sometimes and we're going to talk to you about a couple of hacks if you will uh, but i don't even think they're hacks they're just practical ways that we found in dealing with work related stress and of course they can help you in just helping shed away stress in all other areas of your life as well yeah you're right it is a unique time we're living in today because unlike historically you know our parents or our grandparents where you have one vocation and you're going to stay in that industry for the rest of your life you might even stay at one company for many decades that's just not our reality now we can't rely on any company or any institution for employing us for you know longer than even a couple of years and so our reality is always making sure that we're like we have we feel pressure to make sure we're doing good at our jobs because there's not a lot of job security and also most people that we know at least have some sort of side gig as you mentioned they're either working on a side project side business they're trying to get secondary income again because rents have risen so much so uh, I believe that it is something that a lot of people are dealing with me and Vadim typically talk about entrepreneurial type of stories and conversations and the topics that we cover on the show. And we really do believe that so many people nowadays are entrepreneurial by definition, that this is broadly applicable to everyone. Even if you're sitting home unemployed and you're searching for jobs and you're doing some contract work on the side, this is relevant for you. Even searching for jobs is a full-time job. Obviously, as an entrepreneur, 
it mixes heavily with your personal life and increasingly work also mixes with our personal life. You know, if you're trying to start a business, you're probably also mixing it with social media, for example. Social media is both personal and work-related. And so we're going to talk about a bunch of topics that weave between personal life and work because obviously they're very they're very related. But hopefully some of these techniques and some of these stories can help you deal with your own stress this week. So there are three main topics that we're going to cover. Finding focus and prioritizing, removing sources of anxiety, and getting help. We're going to dive deep into some of these and tell you our own personal stories. So don't worry if the headlines sound like they're somewhat generic. I promise you that they're going to have some real examples there that hopefully you can take away and practice on your own. So the first place we're going to start is finding focus and prioritizing. And it's probably the best place to start because if you have a jumble of information and stress going on in your head right now, the first step that you need to take is get organized. And obviously there's a million ways to do that, but we found a few simple ways that can actually remove a lot of that stress and help you move forward and prevent you from being paralyzed, figuratively. (laughs) Right, (laughs) Jesus. Uh, So especially if you're an independent contractor, you know how this feels, or even if you have a side hustle and you have a full-time job you often feel like you're being pulled into many different directions. Even within our full-time jobs, you might have, let's say, a bunch of clients or internal stakeholders, and all these different people want different things from you. And how do you actually handle that? How do you make sure that you kind of stay on top of it without feeling too stressed out? The one way that I found doing this is by focusing on one thing at a time. It's really easy to want to do everything at once, but obviously it's sort of been disproven that we can multitask effectively. We simply can't. So the very first step towards getting better at this is by just choosing one thing to work on at a time. To take it one step further, what I do is I try to think of one main thing that I want to accomplish that day. Now, does that mean I'm only going to make do one task that day? Hopefully not. But there's going to be one big main thing that I focus on doing that day. And that way, once I do accomplish that task, I feel better. But also, even when I'm starting off the day, I already know as long as I can do that one thing, I did a great job. I don't have to stress out about everything at once. It's not effective. And we heard a prime example of this on the Tim Ferriss podcast a little while ago when Arnold Schwarzenegger was on it. And most people don't know this. We've actually talked about this on the podcast before, but Arnold actually became wealthy before he was even a successful actor. When he came to the United States, he started off bodybuilding. He was making money doing that, but he was also an entrepreneur. He had a bricklaying business and the bricklaying business led to him owning property. So then he was managing property. And right around the time he had this bricklaying business and managing a couple of apartments, he also had a documentary being filmed about him. And he then, after the documentary, started getting opportunities to be in movies. And so all of this started happening around the same time in his late 20s, early 30s. And he noticed himself having a ton of anxiety and, as Vidi mentioned, decision paralysis. And he didn't know what he should prioritize. And it was just a super stressful time in his life. And then he discovered transcendental meditation, which we won't get into because, honestly, I don't know that much about it. But what that meditation helped him do is actually become okay 
with focusing on one thing at a time. And once he realized that he can spend, let's say, half the day just focusing on his rental properties and another half of the day just focusing on the acting work that he was doing and making sure that when he's focusing on that, he is not thinking about the other things, so being very deliberate and present, the stress he felt melting away. And we we don't have to go too far from the hornet's nest. I don't even know if that's the right, uh, if that's the right uh, uh, analogy. But Vadim had an experience this past summer where he felt a tremendous amount of anxiety. In fact, would you call it an anxiety attack, Vadim? I would call it a attack, panic maybe? attack. Yeah. I, well, yeah, there was some of that for sure. Absolutely, I felt a lot of anxiety. I signed on to teach a class, and basically, I had to come up with a whole curriculum for a three-week program. Which sounds relatively easy, when, but when I realized that it's five hours a day of content for the same group of students, it caught up with me really quickly and I realized I wasn't prepared. Well, part of it is that this was somewhat of a startup school, if you will, a high school program. So Vadim perhaps didn't do the best job of clarifying the expectations with the founder, or maybe the founder didn't communicate every little thing that had to go into the experience. But point is, expectations were misaligned. And so when it got time, I think it was maybe a week or two from Vadim doing the class, right? I mean, what happened? Because I remember you coming to me about a week before the class started, and you reality started to hit a little bit, right? It was actually the day before the class, Sergey. And <laughs> I gave you a little bit more benefit of the doubt there. Well, I had already come up with some of the curriculum, but I think I underestimated the amount of time that I had to fill every single day with these students. And so even though I had teaching experience, this was a lot more in-depth. And I had to come up with a lot more content because of it. And so I started kind of, I mapped out a whole schedule of everything that I was going to discuss. And I knew all the topics that I would have to discuss. But the day before the class... I realized I don't think I have enough content to fill all five hours tomorrow. And that's when the panic attack hit because I realized, oh my God, am I even going to have enough time to come up with it? And uh, I ultimately got through it and we'll tell you a little bit later how, but probably the best thing that I did was removing my propensity to think about the whole class in all three weeks and just focusing on the next day. And that's what I did. I, I took it day by day. Luckily, it was the main contract that I had. So I would wake up in the morning, I would go to class, I would teach the class, I would come home, either nap, honestly, because I was so tired after teaching. Again, teaching is an incredibly difficult job. My heart goes out to all the teachers. It's incredibly, it wears you out. Um, Sometimes I would go for a run to clear my head or meditate, uh, not meditate, sorry, go to yoga. And then I'd come home, uh, cook dinner, and from six or seven till midnight, I would work on the curriculum for the next day. But that alone, even though it didn't make it easy, it made it much easier because I was focusing on what am I going to do today, and that's the only thing that I had to worry about. Well, and you certainly got through it. I mean, you completed the class successfully, and I think the only reason you were able to do that is because you stopped thinking about, oh my God, how am I going to have enough curriculum for the whole month, and you just started thinking about the next day and removing that for yourself. Yeah, so that anxiety. if you're feeling like you're being pulled in a different direction or if you feel like you're thinking about things too far into the future and if it seems like it's insurmountable, the best thing that you can do is to pare it down to what you need to focus on right now. Now, it might not be just one thing that day. I'm realizing that that might not be realistic. But maybe in the morning, you focus on one of your side gigs and you only look at things that are related to that. Then in the afternoon, you focus on the other side gig. Or in the morning, you focus on work for one of the clients or for you know your biggest client. And in the afternoon, you focus on answering emails from uh, some of the smaller clients. It depends on what your job is, obviously, but 
by breaking it down into something that's actually manageable to do, you're going to remove a lot of stress and hopefully going to get through it faster. Speaking of removing stress, the next thing that we want to talk about and another very effective way of handling stress is by actually identifying what the sources of anxiety are for you and removing that. And I think that's why you hear, it sounds so simple, but that's why sometimes you hear, there's like this really uh, famous video that went viral where this, I think, four-star general or something talks about how you should start your day with making your bed, right? It's because it gives you a win in the morning and it gives you a clean space. And same thing, if you are working from home, for example, and you find that you're anxious all the time, maybe you just need to clean up your desk because it's in disarray, right? So, I mean, that's one way of removing anxiety. But the only way you can remove anxiety is by becoming conscious of what the sources of anxiety are for you. Just a couple of years ago, when I started working for Venture for America, this nonprofit, I had a pretty important role in the company. I was running all of the entrepreneurship programs, which means it was the company accelerator, it was crowdfunding competitions, it was coaching programs, all of this stuff. And part of my job was scheduling when the programs would be. And I found myself putting it off and actually people would come to me and they would ask, when are you running this program? And I said, you know what, I'm figuring out the best date for it. And what would happen is I would just put off scheduling the program because I would feel anxiety about it. And then I, once I did schedule it, I didn't have as much time as I could have to actually prepare for it, which caused more anxiety. So it was a snowball effect for me. And what I realized was I thought about it for a little bit Next time I had to schedule something, I thought about it. I'm like, why do I have so much anxiety about this? And I realized what was actually making me anxious is the process of choosing the date. It wasn't the program itself. It wasn't all the components that I needed to do to make the program successful. I could execute on that stuff pretty easily. Actually, once I set the date, everything fell into place. But the process of choosing a date caused so much anxiety for me because I didn't know when was the right date. I wanted to make sure that people would be available, that the date would work for the people, the participants in the programs, that the date would work for me. How do I know it's the right date? And once I came to that epiphany that choosing the date, not everything else about the programs, but actually choosing the date was the source of anxiety for me, I told myself, it's not that important. It really just is not that important. I should just choose a date and go with it. And once I had that mindset shift, the anxiety melted away and I never felt anxiety about selecting dates ever again. And I have to do it now for my job, always selecting dates for things. And it makes me much more productive because I've removed that single source of anxiety, which is pretty funny because it was a simple one. This relates really well to the next thing that we wanted to say, which is oftentimes we manufacture in our heads that something is actually really difficult when it's not. And usually this creates stress around everything that we do, which is why Whenever you have a task list, you've probably heard this advice before, but it's worth repeating. Get things done on that list that you really don't want to do first. Check off things off the list that are causing the most stress because we usually gravitate towards doing the things that are easy or the things that feel good because they're easy. And there is something to be said about getting some wins, but... If you start doing the easy things, that hard thing that you're putting off is still always going to be sitting in the back of your mind. And so you're extending the amount of time you're spending being stressed about something. So by getting it out of the way, just like Sergey said, he got uh, that finding a date to do out of the way first, you're going to free up a lot of that stress and actually it's going to make you more productive with the other tasks that you have to do as well. And oftentimes you will realize that the stress that you built up in your head about that one thing that you had to do that you didn't want to do was 
unfounded. Yeah, and it, it wasn't usually, even that hard. It usually actually only takes a very short period of time, sometimes a few minutes to get that thing done, which it, is crazy. It takes discipline. It does. You have to, our dad always used to say, you figure it out. Hire a translator. Uh, <laughs> means uh, step on your own. Um, what, what is the Mazoy? Blister, I guess. Blister, I yeah, guess. It weird. makes no sense. But, <laughs> but it just means you kind of have to force yourself to basically do what's not comfortable and get it out of the way. And it does take discipline, but you'll find that if you just commit right away, Without coming up with excuses, if you commit right away to doing that thing and start acting towards it, you get it done. Usually you get it done in a pretty quick amount of time, and then you can move on to the rest of the tasks. The other way to remove sources of anxiety is actually taking some time to have zero inputs coming into your head. And I recently heard a conversation about that between Ezra Klein, check out the podcast, and Cal Newport who talks a lot about deep work. And Cal Newport's theory is that we have way too many inputs and we use social media. Our relationship with social media is simply not healthy. And so there's two things that I learned from that. One, because we have so many inputs all the time, we're walking to work, listening to podcasts. I mean, please continue listening to the podcast, but still. (laughs) We're uh, talking to people at work. We're checking Instagram and social media. We're reading news. We're constantly consuming content. We're constantly having to fend off things that are being thrown at us that we have very little time now to ourselves to actually process information and think, simply taking the time to think. 10, 20, 30 years ago, there were a lot more opportunities to get bored and so we'd find other ways to fill our time and we'd actually find the time to think. But it's really important to take a step back and actually process information and to actually Think about what you want to do with your life, for example, even something as simple as that, to think about, am I making the right decisions with where I'm taking my career, for example? If you don't take the time to think, you might end up wasting a lot of time, and also, you might have a lot of sort of latent stress and anxiety, and you don't know where it's coming from because you haven't given yourself the time to process that information. And life hack, another way to find a lot of time to think is to rob a bank and go to jail. Great. (laughs) You're probably thinking about how to avoid dropping the soap. Isn't it weird that sometimes when I hear stories of people going to jail and they say, I had a lot of time to think, I'm like, oh, that sounds really therapeutic. It does sound really nice. Like, Doesn't oh, that sound you're, nice? You're reading. I really don't want to go to jail, but no. that's just, isn't that, that, maybe that's a symptom of our time that like, we really do find value in the comfort of time to yourself. So give yourself time to yourself, however you can find it. So yeah, sometimes take out those AirPods and don't listen to anything. Turn off your phone, leave your phone at home. Whatever works for you to do that, just walk outside, walk down the street, clear your head, it can remove a lot of stress. Another way to do that is actually to literally delete some of these apps. And I have a reminder Thanks, Google. What's the reminder? Okay. Uh, another way to do this is to actually remove these some of these apps from your phone. I did this recently. I woke up in the morning and I was sitting in bed and I was scrolling through Facebook because, I don't know, it's usually the first thing I did. And I realized that I was feeling like crap. I just wasn't feeling happy. I don't know if it was because I was reading some bad news on Facebook or it seemed like other people were doing much better than me or something. I don't know. But the typical reason why Facebook people say Facebook sometimes creates uh, stress and anxiety, I was definitely feeling it that morning. And I think I just had enough where I clicked on the app and clicked on install that day. Now, does it mean I never use Facebook? No, I still have it on my computer. I can still open it on my browser on my phone. But... I definitely never look at it first thing in the morning, and I certainly don't look at it as often as I was. 
looking at it before. Simply put, I didn't want my morning to be crappy because it set up the rest of my day to, for me to feel down as well. And by simply removing that app and removing that negative source of information in the morning and that negative state of mind went away. I think the to sum up, the only way you can start to remove sources of anxiety is if you actually pay attention to what those sources are. And that actually takes practice. A lot of times we feel stressed and we don't know why. Next time you start feeling that feeling of stress, start thinking about what happened in the last minute that is causing me this. Is it something I read? Is it something that I got in my email inbox that's causing this anxiety? And the more you do that, the better you're gonna become at recognizing what triggers it. And hopefully that will help you remove the actual source of it next time. I also really quickly wanna say, we need to change our relationship with email, social media in general. I think all of these things are gonna adjust in the next decade as it becomes more and more obvious that this is negative for our life. But you can also change your relationship with email. You know, pick three times in a day that you're gonna check it. I understand checking it once a day might not be possible, although a lot of people have done it. But doing it in the morning, doing it in the morning, <laughs> do it in the morning, do it in the afternoon, and do it in the evening once. You have control over these things. It might feel like they control us, but we do have more control than we think. Now, all the things that we just mentioned are very independently driven, but we don't wanna discount this last point that we wanna make which is that you shouldn't feel like you're alone in all of this. When you feel anxious, when you feel stress, one really good way to to get rid of it or to help mitigate it is to get help from others. I remember even at one of my startup jobs that I had, actually this probably happened in every startup job that I had, Mm. that uh, I would have a, a boss that would maybe put stuff on my plate or just change direction without any uh, warning or whatever. It was just a re- stressful situations day to day. And the only thing that helped me get through it was having colleagues to commiserate with. So colleagues is one way you could sort of get help from others is just telling your coworkers what's going on and really just commiserating with them about the stressful situations and seeing what they do but it could be anyone the key is for you to talk to at least someone whether it's your brother and sister your your mom or dad your girlfriend or boyfriend even your dog to be honest but <laughs> they don't answer does that a lot so i do that sometimes. i do that too with pumpy but it's important for you to to not keep it inside your own head because first of all you never know what insight a friend might give you about handling a certain situation, but even just unloading it where it's not just yours anymore can really help you think through what to do and also just help you feel like you're not alone. Actually, I'm not kidding about Pumpkin. I remember one day I was feeling a little anxious and I came over and she just ran up to me, obviously, immediately. I was feeling happy. But then once she calmed down, I was just laying down, I think, on your couch and she laid down on my chest and like I just gave her a hug. And I, <laughs> nothing else mattered. The stress melted away. But... Same thing, Vadim. I remember when you had that panic attack. It is what let's call a spade a spade. That's what it was mm. last summer. Uh, you had no choice in that situation. Many of us are in this situation where we have jobs, or if it's our own business, even especially, we have no choice. We can't fall prey to the panic attack. We have to somehow still solve. Like we have to show up to work the next day or bring food on the table. So you came to me. Right, you. At, I think at first you handled it alone that first day. Yeah. Well, you, you live three three blocks away, so that's nice. I live three blocks away, right? But like because you had to be in class the next day, 
you knew you had to solve that somehow. And once you weren't able to handle it yourself, you came to me and we talked through it. I remember talking to you, I think on the phone for maybe an hour. And then you came over and we talked about it some more. And even though talking about it wasn't the immediate way to solve that problem, eventually you had to go back and work on that curriculum. Talking about it helped you realized that it's okay to just focus on tomorrow and tomorrow you can focus on the next day. I don't think you would have come to that conclusion yourself just because you were too stressed to make that sober decision yourself. And look, I mean, I don't want to minimize panic attacks, anxiety. These are serious things, but they're also signals to our bodies. They're physical signals that something's wrong and we need to address it. And you have to remember that you're not alone. I know it's really easy to think you're you know, whatever's going on with you, it's in your own head, I don't want to bother other people, is going and talking to somebody really going to help me, it's really easy to make those excuses, but I promise, just do it, talk to somebody else, whoever it is, again, your significant other, brother, friend, therapist, it really doesn't matter, talk to somebody else, a stranger, and it will help you significantly. One thing that actually works for me, especially because oftentimes I work from home, for example, is I'll either go into the office with one of the clients that I'm working with and work out of that office just so I can have exposure to other people, or I do what's called a little buddy system. I'll take another friend that I know is a contractor or is working from home, and I'll say, meet me at the coffee shop. And you know what? I'll come to you. I have a buddy that lives in Williamsburg, and sometimes I go there, but he comes to East Village as well, to Manhattan. And We'll just work together side by side in that coffee shop. First of all, it's great to be able to catch up. But second of all, when you're both there, you realize that we're all just trying to get somewhere. We're all, try- we're tr- we're all trying to do our best. And it's just helpful to not sit at home and fester in your own problems and actually get out there and be exposed to other people and understand that you're not alone. And what I love about co-working spaces and coffee shops, especially if you're able to do the kind of work that you're doing in those places, is you realize there's a lot of other people there sitting around you doing the same thing, not just your buddy. And oftentimes, that's just enough to help you feel a little bit better and motivate you and remove a little bit of the stress that you might feel otherwise if you're just sitting at home alone. So remember, you can get help from other folks. Another way to get help, of course, is if you have a ton of things to do, try to delegate. We've talked about that before. Some of the small tasks that you might not need to do, the lower value tasks, you don't have to do. If they're creating unnecessary stress for you, it's well, well worth the money in finding somebody that can do those repetitive tasks for you and getting that off your plate. I promise you'll feel a lot better when you're not doing the things that you don't want to be wasting your time on anyways because they're not as important. Yeah, actually, I I can attest to this. We've been doing this podcast for just about a year, and I've been doing all of the editing myself because we've we've been we've been hesitant to have other people do it we don't really want to pay for it to be honest but now that we've been working on it for a year and we want to focus on other activities we've made it a goal to start delegating the editing because I noticed that it's a source of anxiety for me because I'm kind of sick of it and I feel like I can be doing higher value work like I want to do more marketing and outreach type of work to promote the show so Our goal in December was let's start looking at editors that we can afford. And we actually had 30 editors apply to one of our job posts that we put up. We reached out to a couple and we're now in final conversations with with one or two editors that we're going to end up hiring. And I'm about to have that off of my plate and I already feel so much better. So you may not be ready to delegate today, but you should definitely have a timeline for when you will. And actually, these people that we're talking to, some of them are really cool. We're building relationships with new people. 
Maybe they'll edit our podcast for us. Maybe we'll figure out how that relationship can grow into something even more interesting. So there's some outside effects that are coming from getting out there, maybe delegating some tasks, but also building relationships with more and more people. So if you're feeling stressed out because of work, there's a lot you can do to incrementally start feeling better and better about it. Hopefully some of these techniques help you and we encourage you to try at least one or two of these things this week. Maybe you've been aware of these techniques before, but do try to actually put it into action this week and we promise you're going to feel better. If you don't, email us, vadim at thementors.co, sergey at thementors.co. We'll talk through your problems and hopefully give you more actionable things that could help you specifically. That's it for the mentors, and we're excited to bring you another founder story next week with a team that I mentored actually at Venture for America. They went through my accelerator program. Now they've gone on to raise a couple million dollars. They work 100-hour weeks, so maybe we'll ask them about <laughs> how they manage stress. But stay tuned, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>